This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Julius on from MUA, and our topic today is turn happiness into a trackable KPI. So I can't wait to get into this. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, Julius, would you do us a favor and both introduce yourself and MUA? Yeah, sure. Thank you, William. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Julius Geis, uh, born and raised in Germany, uh, moved to the United States five years ago, started out in Maui, Hawaii, now live in Rhode Island, beautiful state <laughs> here in the Northeast. Um, I created MUA um, one and a half years ago, and we started actually as a journal company. Uh, we um, in, in my in my previous career, I worked as a brand consultant and uh, we worked uh, with a lot of um, change. And so um, I realized there is a big need for companies to um, identify habits and those specifically those habits that hold us back to implement new ideas. And that's kind of like the, the birth story of MUA. So it's a it's a system that helps us become aware of our daily routines and habits and help us change them. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So let's start with the title of the show, Turn Happiness into a Trackable KPI. Happiness seems soft. You know, I can see a manager or leader going, you know, I care obviously about satisfaction and happiness and things like that. Mm. I should ask you, is happiness the same as satisfaction? Are those synonyms? You start. You're starting off. No, I, I, I. No, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it's very, very esoteric. But I'm, I, no, I, no, no. As I thought about question. it, I'm like, wait a minute, because because you might be thinking about happiness in a different way than people have historically thought about satisfaction. I think there's a similarity to it. So I think the misunderstanding when we use the word happiness is that a lot of us think about you know us jumping down the room with our hands up and screaming and yelling. So you know, happiness doesn't have to be as ex- eccentric. Um, I think satisfaction is a bit more intrinsic or it sounds a bit softer. So I think right. there's a truth to both of it. Um, and there are different words that you can use. I like satisfaction. Some people say awake, some people right. say aware, but, you know, we, we like to use happiness um, because it, it it is something we all can relate to. And, it, and it's something that we, we would how we would express satisfaction to our friends and family, right? So if you do something that you really like and that fulfills you and that satisfies you, consequentially, you would say, I'm really happy um, doing this job. I'm really happy going to work every day. So there's definitely a relationship. So I think they're not separated. Um, it just depends on the perspective of how you express a certain emotion. I like that. I like that. Sorry to hit you with that. I, I really was no. just was curious to to think about it. So happiness, I'm, I'm assuming that we're, one can be happy in work and not productive or productive in work and not happy. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm thinking of extremes there. So how do we, how do we either intrinsically or otherwise, how do we link 
their happiness. Well, first of all, we'll get to this, but how do we measure mm-hmm. their happiness? Um, but how do we link the two? Because well, I know that I know I know when you get to a certain level in an organization, they're going to say, "Yeah, cool, love it." How does this lead to you know, you know, retention of employees or mm-hmm. uh, more performance, etc. etc. So I think we have to um, start a little, like we have to step back a little bit because let's say happiness is really the end result of 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 many things that happened before, right? So if you if you express yourself of being happy, you probably did a lot of things right, consciously and unconsciously, but there were things happened before that led to that feeling, that led to this emotion. And, and, and it's kind of like how I would like to answer your question. So I do believe there, um, I don't believe that you can be happy um, and unproductive at the same time in the context of work, because the, I am throwing in another word that is fulfillment, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we want to be fulfilled and, this, and that, that, that fulfillment leads to a place again, that is happiness. So um Usually, if an employee is considers himself as happy, that employee works on their strength, understands their place, feels a sense of participation and, and, and unity, and that makes them happy. And all these qualities that I have listed usually lead to productivity. So I, I, I don't think I have ever seen an employee who would say, I'm truly happy in what I'm doing, but I'm pretty bad in it or right, I'm super right, right. unproductive. So my answer to your question is I, I, I probably would disagree. I don't think that you can be happy and unproductive at the same time. I'll have to think about that. Maybe I can, maybe I can come up with something. But you, you, you said that the behaviors are the stepping stones because mm-hmm. if you think of happiness as an outcome, there were yes. some building blocks to help you get there. Um, for the audience's sake, what, what, are some of those, what are some of those building blocks? Yeah. I mean, this is really where our program starts and, and, and where we really differentiate ourselves towards other programs. So MUHA is purely focused on self-reflection uh, with a mm-hmm. retrospective view. So what we are doing is we allow employees to reflect on their daily activities by mm-hmm. literally listing them down and then ask themselves, how did I feel doing that specific activity, whether it was a meeting with a client, a morning meditation, a coffee break, or working on a specific project, and then choosing an emotion, like something positive, rather negative, or something that is neutral. And that exercise leads to what we call self-awareness. So we become more aware about these nuances that are between our emotions, right? So what I mean with that, an employee that does not train awareness or does not train mindfulness, it's another word that you can use in that context. Um, they usually respond by the question, like, how do you feel right now? They say, well, I'm overwhelmed. I really have too much work and, and it sucks. And I feel generally overwhelmed. So, but how can you help somebody who just generally feels overwhelmed, right? Right. It's super difficult because I don't really know what to do. The only solution I potentially could have is, well, do you need less work? Should we shift work? Like, what is the solution? An aware person can say, just to finish that thought, an aware person can say, I do feel overwhelmed because of, and that's the big differentiator. 
And that awareness and that understanding of self now leads to um, a self-organized uh, workforce that becomes more happy. Like, I know it sounds a bit, uh, maybe the chum sounds a, a bit far. And, and again, there are nuances in between. But because I'm able to express myself, I can release my emotion because of I can express myself. I can actually ask for help and culture can organize itself. So the result is that people do more the things they like and that energizes them, which leads to happiness versus the other way around. So uh, in the in the in the reflection, so this I would assume at the end of the day or or or, or maybe the next day, however, whatever the cadence is, they reflect on the different building blocks of their day, the th different things, and then they report to themselves. Mm -hmm. Again, I guess they, they if they're honest. So I guess this is all predicated, right? Mm -hmm. They have to be honest, right? So yeah. they've got to be honest with themselves, and then you. you they track that does uh, does management or are their managers do they have any insight into those things yes they have um but i that's that's i think what we're really proud of when we created more we 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 like to call as a people first approach you know so most of these um, softwares that are out there they, they you know most of them call themselves experience platforms or engagement platforms they're actually built for management. Right. So in our opinion, they are built to control people. Mua, Mua is, is in, like the, the design intention was to truly help people go through this exercise, learn to build, like learn that skill set of self-awareness and mindfulness and use analytic to make better decisions moving forward. And kind of like the cherry on the cake is that Consequentially, too, we are creating data from the input the employee is generating. But it, it, it's, it's first of all, it's really truly for the employee because without or without analytics or with analytics, they gain something, which is that skill. They train a skill that they don't have at the moment. But management can participate. We have a beautiful analytics that allows management to feel the pulse of their organization. I like to call it sometimes the heart rate monitor or pulse measurement. So it's really this, this top view of how vital is my organization right now and to really prevent crisis before they appear. So it's never about controlling. It's, about, it's, it's more about connectivity, like feeling the pulse. Like it's much more softer than hard analytics, if that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. So I'm I'm thinking to myself, if if they learn, so if if I'm if I'm uh, honest with myself and uh, and something that I routinely comes up, uh, mm -hmm. maybe I'm, I'm just I'm overwhelmed with the number of Zoom calls that I have. Like I yes. say mm -hmm. that that you know today you know I've got twelve Zoom calls and I get to the end of the day I'm just like I'm just tired of Zoom and you know I reflect on that etc. So. How do, does now, now that's great for me to then understand, okay, I shouldn't start off my week with 12 Zoom calls. Okay. So that kind of sets me up for mm -hmm. a bad pattern. You know, next Monday, I can, you know, not 12, go with six, something like that. Mm -hmm. So I can see how the data helps the individual. If that, if that happens, if, cause I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about jobs, all jobs, mm -hmm. and, and please debunk this, but I've, I, I've, I've often thought, that all jobs have some element of work that mm -hmm. you don't like, mm -hmm. right? Like every, it doesn't matter if you're the president or the cashier or whatever, there, there's a bit 
that you mm -hmm. like, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And then, and then there's something in there that you just don't like. And it's, and it's, there's that you can't get rid of it. Like there's, that's a part of the mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you, do you believe that? I mean, do you subscribe to that? No, I agree. Uh, and you're absolutely right. And our idea is not to eliminate uh, the understanding that there are things that we enjoy more than others. You know, the trick is really how we relate to these situations. Mm -hmm. How much are we attached to those and how much a lot, how much do we allow emotions to take over an entire day? Right. right? So, right. I mean, I give you an example. So Mua, Mua really trains us or, or, or in my, in my own use, I, I use it daily as well, of course. So many times I have a beautiful day. There's a lot of great stuff that I'm doing. And then there's this one phone call. Let's say, let's say with, with my bank. Right. And that's a big flame and it literally takes away my entire mood. So it's how I relate now with this situation. I have two choices, right? That situation overshadows my entire day and I just feel stuck and I feel frustrated. And that's how I end my day. Right. Or I recognize that that specific conversation turned me down or, or took away some energy. But through the acknowledgement, I remove the power it has, that emotion. I remove the power it has how to kind of like to, to the, the power it has, sorry for, for, for losing it, that, that thought, the power it has for, for removing all the positive that happened right. in my day. Yeah, and that's you, the big you had eight, eight hours or seven hours of really good stuff. You know, you know, it, you know, it hit and miss, but mostly good stuff. And one event makes the whole day exactly. cast a shadow on the entire day. Exactly. Uh, and, uh, and so that's if you look at everybody. employees, exactly, William, if you're looking at employees, for, for most of us, this is our reality. We have no awareness on those things that really bring us joy. We kind of like, we don't even take them. We, we, we're not even aware of it. You know, we never celebrate these little things, you know, right. oh, that, that coffee tasted beautifully or what a great team meeting we just had. We always focus on the things that hit us hard. Right. So if we balance that out, we have a more, more healthier um, self and that healthier self has a huge effect on your teams and your culture within a company. So the are are some people just hardwired to be better at kind of self-reflection? I'm thinking about personalities, but it could be other things outside of personality. And because there's some vulnerability there, uh, you know, mm -hmm. on some on some level that I have to now look objectively at my day. And mm -hmm. and then go okay that went well that didn't go well this went well that mm -hmm. you know the whole bit grayed mm -hmm. out everything and uh, that's a that takes I mean it takes kind of objectivity you got to be mm -hmm. vulnerable uh, you mm -hmm. know and the uh, this the second thing is 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 are there just better people hardwired for it I, I don't know I, I I don't really think so I I think everybody has the opportunity to be self reflected and to be mindful. Uh, of course, there are probably people who, um, from their personality traits that have, uh, you know, maybe a more easier access to these qualities, but generally it's a learn, it's a learnable skill, if that makes sense. Right. Um, and the second part, I think you, you mentioned vulnerability, um, and that was our reason why we used symbolism. You know, right. I, I, I experienced that firsthand, um, on myself and with others that, 
you know, if I ask you, William, how are you doing today? And and I'm expecting you to express it through sentences, etc. Right. It's oh, really, that really like hard. Work. Yeah, that exactly. Like work. Yeah. It's really hard. So we use symbols. So to really lower the bar, but you know, subconsciously you you you're, you're going through the same process. You self-reflect, you make a decision of a corridor of emotions, and then you move forward. So so lowered, take us into the yeah. symbolism again real quick. Just what, what are the symbols? So Mua uses three symbols, and that right. is that goes through the entire ecosystem. We use a, a heart that stands for everything that is energizing, like an activity right. that energizes me. We use a flame, and yes, it does not come from lit up. It comes from burnout. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, the flame addresses um, negativity or emotions or relationships that rather take energy away. And, and, and again, the inspiration came from the word burnout. And the last symbol we use is a line that stands for neutrality. So mm -hmm. there, it's it's okay that you don't know how you felt about something, or that you just say, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And those those uh, those those activities you you can give a line in Mua. So if 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 someone this kind of, I think it relates to a question or a path that I wanted to ask, if someone has a flame. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, it, and it's just a flame that um, that's th that's there, right? And mm -hmm. and they keep having the same flame week in mm -hmm. and week out. A, that's going to give them that 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 in, that insight. I get that part. But um, what it I, I get, they'll have the insight, so they could possibly train it uh, or change their behaviors or change their whatever. But does do managers have? Because you said pulse. So mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's generalized to the organization or department or what team or whatever, but not to a particular task. So like let's take the let's take the flame real quick mm -hmm. and let's just say that that flame keeps happening. Mm -hmm. Right. And and the, I guess you could trigger it to the to the individual, like I get that part, but what about to the manager? like how do you create mm -hmm. a, a teachable moment for that manager? Or mm. like, like again, if it, and I'm thinking about just the same flame over and over, mm -hmm. right? So it's just yeah. like week in and week out, or day in and day out, the flame, 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 flame. Yes. flame. Like, okay, now yeah. I know that, which is good. I have insight into that. Maybe I, there's maybe there's a way to manage that. But is have you, is there a way for an intervention? Is what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Like someone else to then say, "Hey, I've noticed these yeah. ten flames in a row, etc." Like, is that either where you are or where you're going to take this? So, yes, you can do that. But 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 first of all, and I think it's very, very important for us, it's not possible on an employee's identity. So right. I cannot see William. It, yeah. Yes, it's always anonymous. So we also build in certain criteria. So you mentioned, yes, we do have a team level and you have tag levels. We call them, it's kind of like, um, yeah, we, we, we have tags that you can track um, so to answer your question, it's, it's possible for management. So you can see if there is a repetitive emotion on a specific work tag or workflow tag, how we call them, that could be a project ID, a client name, uh, recurring work tasks in your workforce, you would see that. And the idea is that you, um, offer a, a field where you, uh, where you, um, get in touch to offer a solution. So what I mean with that is 
let's say you're a team leader of a team and you identify what you have described. There's a, cer there's a certain work task that creates a lot of flames. So we encourage now team leaders to have a conversation with their teams. Mm. So that's what we want. We want you to communicate. We don't want you to call out. That's why you cannot identify people behind the selection. Right. Yeah, there's no retaliation. Can. Yeah. No, absolutely not. And that's super important for us because there are tools out there who do that. And we, we are rejecting this idea of, of spying on people's. But we want leadership to become consciousness, conscious and aware of their teams as well. And we want them to initiate conversation. And now two things happen. So A, you have a workforce that is self-aware because of our exercise. And you have leaders who become more aware about the results or about their vitality of their workforce. And interestingly, a different form of conversation happens now. So it's much more solution oriented than right. it is like top down KPI driven or something like this. It's rather of, okay, how can we as a collective make sure that these uh, specific work tasks are not constantly aflame or why are they aflame? What, what does make them to aflame? And for example, you know, if you work in the service industry, there is a truth that certain clients um have an effect, a negative effect on your teams when you compare them with other clients. So we believe that's a, it's a very insightful indicator to know, hey, client A actually really burns us out. Right. They, we create the same revenue with them. We have the same work tasks with them as we have with other clients, but there's something on the client side, maybe that uh, is just not healthy for our organization. So now leadership can make a decision. Can I have a conversation with the client? Right. Should we continue have like should we continue working with the client or should we focus on other clients, et cetera, et cetera? So it's always about empowerment of 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 choice, you know. So you 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 make the decision, but make it from an aware place of awareness and empowerment. You know what I love about this is it's once you know, you can't unknow. Like exactly. so, when, this is for both the individual as well as for for managers. If that client you know, now, you know, and so you've, you've got to, you've got to then do something with the data uh, or, or we're just going to be, you're, 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 again, it leads to burnout. You're going to, you're going to burn that person out. This has been absolutely fantastic. Julius, thank you so much for your time. And I love what you're doing. Thank you. No, and thank you so much for having me. And um, yeah, no, it was, it was a pleasure being on your show. And thanks for everyone listening to the recruiting daily podcast until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at Recruiting.